Principal Matters Podcast, episode 318. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I'm back with my co-host, Jen Schwanke, who is the Deputy Superintendent at Dublin Schools in Dublin, Ohio, and the author of three great books, one of which she's going to be bringing to Oklahoma in February. If you have not heard, Jen Schwanke, along with Dr. Don Parker, are coming to Oklahoma to speak at a conference that our State Principals Association is hosting. So go to ccosacosa.org if you haven't already registered. Um, if you live in Oklahoma, and if you don't live in Oklahoma, um, too bad, so sad. I'm just joking. You're invited too. <laughs> you could you could come, but Jen, welcome back to this um, opportunity for us to visit and talk and catch up. This week, we're going to be talking about returning the joy to teaching and learning and leading. And I I know that might be hard to talk about in October, but I think it's important. And this, who knows, this may be coming out in November. But this time of the year is the crunch. It, it is the crunch before Christmas. We're getting tired. We are working hard. If I'm in a race, I'm like, I'm not seeing the finish line yet. And so I, I'm feeling a little bit tired. So I, I ask you, because recently ASCD um, put out an article that you and Tracy Beagle wrote together. So congratulations on Thank that you. great article. And I just ask you, Jen, could you bring that content to our listeners today and just talk about ways that we should be encouraging ourselves and our teachers to, to look for the joy, even in the middle of all this hard work. Right. Yeah. This was a fun, a fun project that Tracy and I embarked upon together. At the time she had left public education. She had been a deputy superintendent. Um, actually I replaced her in her role and she moved to Georgia and worked at Mercer university at the time. And we were talking from this, from the lens of her work and from the lens of mine that we were just you know, kind of bummed everybody, everything seemed heavy. We were coming out of the pandemic and, and there was a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety. And, and also in many cases, there was what I have named the culture of outrage parents, just so angry and taking it out on, on teachers and on schools and on administrators it, and everyone, everything felt a little bit hopeless. Like, how are we ever going to dig out of this? And, you know, Tracy, in, in one of our phone calls or conversations, Tracy said, you know, it, it feels like collectively we've forgotten how much satisfaction and, and happiness is possible in this profession. And so we really wanted to dig into that. And so we started to do a little bit of research and a little bit of thinking about joy and, and about the mindsets that are important for educators to revisit. And I have already, of course, gotten a little criticism about this article because someone said to me, you know, I, I can't feel joy. It's not a choice. And I, I pushed back a little bit on that because I think sometimes we wake up in the morning and we do have a choice on how we're going to look at the world. And, you know, you, some of your listeners might disagree, Will, and I apologize if you get some nasty emails, but, but it, we might have a choice to feel miserable. We might have a choice to feel joyful, or we might have the choice to work toward joy. Mm -hmm. and, and I think we can do that. I, I think it's very important because this career is a long one and it, it's a taker. This career takes and we give, and it's hard to find a balance there where we can live in joy. Well, Jen, I'm going to ask you to, I'm going to flip the mic here in just a moment and just ask you to walk us through some of those things that you and Tracy identified as 
just important principles to hold on to in the joy. But I, I'm just going to be a little ridiculous for a moment and tell you a couple of moments of joy I had recently visiting a middle school. I was walking through a middle school a couple of weeks ago with a friend at a, at a school here in Oklahoma. And um, we were just talking about everything, master schedules and everything that was going on in the school. And these students came walking by. And I noticed this one um, eighth grade girl in particular who smiled and waved at us as she walked by. And I thought, oh, th- these kids are so polite here. And then a few minutes later, a couple of teachers walked up and said, have you seen um, Mrs. Dutton? And the principal said, oh, well, just a few minutes ago, but I don't know where she is now. Well, then a few minutes later, the, that same student, that smiling student walked up and, and, and he stopped and said, oh, Mrs. Dutton, there's a couple of teachers that were looking for you down here in the round around the corner. And Jen, at that moment, I just thought to myself, I didn't know eighth graders could also be teachers. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Which that's, I'm such bad. Uh, I'm so bad at joke telling, but so, so obviously it I'm worked. Getting, it, you well, okay, it. good, good. Because <laughs> I, I'm getting so old that these young teachers to me look just like it. So that has happened to me not only once, but two days later, it happened to me again. I was talking to an old coach in another school and this young guy walks up and I'm thinking, oh, look how, look, look here. This is a nice looking eighth grade boy. And the coach says to him, hey, coach. How's it going today? And he, start, he starts talking back. And I realized this kid is also a teacher. And so, so Jen, you know what? It, <laughs> it may, maybe, me. maybe, maybe my day, maybe my, maybe I shouldn't choose joy as I'm right. walking to the school, <laughs> but I'm just choosing, I'm just choosing it. I'm just like, you know what? I'm getting old, but I'm going to choose to <laughs> laugh that these teachers that look like eighth graders um, are making my day so much fun. My mom always talks about going to the doctor and all these teenagers that now are doctors, all of them. (laughs) And you're right. You have to just laugh. You have to. (laughs) Well, take us through why we should, what we should hold on to when it comes to the joy of teaching and leading and learning. Right. I, well, it is a joy to talk about it. Um, it, it, this, there is so much fun to be had in this work. And this is not Jen with rose colored glasses. This is just truly the way I think of it. And I think it's a privilege to teach. It's a privilege to lead. And there are, there are indisputably uh, many, many hard things about this work, but together, Tracy and I just started thinking about, okay, what do, what, what do we mean by joy? And we talked a little bit about Marie Kondo and how she says, you know, if it doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we didn't land there. That's not what we're proposing because the work we do, you can't get rid of it. There is going to be the hard stuff and there's going to be the, um, successes, failures, and so on. We talked a little bit about hope and, you know, hope is kind of a close cousin of joy, I think, but hope is implies, uh, something in the future. There's, there's something coming that, that will be better. Hope asks us to wait. And we think, you know, we'll say, let's hope things improve next time, or let's hope next year students aren't so difficult. We, we hope that, that this parent doesn't reply to this email in a nasty way. Hope implies waiting and time. Whereas I think of joy as something that is a place to be, Mm. it's very personal. It's an intimate feeling with oneself, I think. And it's a a moment with oneself. Joy is not, so now I'm not a scientist. I'm not studied joy. I'm talking more about what I've learned about joy. And what I think is it's a mistake to always be seeking a resting state of joy, because to me, joy is a moment. Mm -hmm. It's that, that time where you're in the thick of teaching or leading and you think, wow, look at me, look at this. We're, we're doing stuff. We're, we're moving along. And it's a more of a flash 
than a resting resting state. And it can happen when we understand our, our mission, when we know our value or, or our importance to our team, it comes often through strong bonds with colleagues. Mm -hmm. I hear teachers say that all the time. They'll say, I love my team. I love my school. I love my principal, you know, I love our families. Those strong bonds really do lead to those moments of joy. Mm. I think we find joy when we, when we believe in ourselves and we believe that our talents are best utilized. My superintendent, Dr. Marshallson, who's actually referenced in this article that ASCD published, he talks about being in flow as a team when things are just going well and you're finishing each other's sentences and there's no blaming, there's no defensiveness. That's, that's a moment of team joy that feels really good. And I think joy too comes when, when our work is when it matters Uh and we see the progress. And so in the article, Dr. Deagle and I discussed five different ideas for starting the process of joy, which I can go into, Will, or or we can pause for a minute and for a story or a break. What do you think? No, I want you to go into them. Okay. But before you do, I just want to say how much um, I'm enjoying hearing you talk about joy because I just think, <laughs> Jen, seriously, I mean, I, I can't think about other than when I read the article, but it's so great to hear you talk about it. The last time I actually just sat and, and reflected on where I find joy in my work. And it's just like, I'd love that word. I think you used this word a little bit ago, but I, or at least I heard you leaning this direction towards that zone. You know, when you find yourself doing something you're really good at, or you find yourself helping other people do something they're really good at, you do, you find that moment where you're like, oh my gosh, I am in the middle of something really amazing at this moment. And I think it's important that we give people permission to recognize that, to find it, recognize it, and then just enjoy it. Right. And so, so it's because you're right. We so often it's the hard things that we spend our time focusing on, but Hey, let's give ourselves permission to focus on those moments of joy too. So yeah, please take us through those other, those other ideas. Well, and many people will quickly tell you what brings them joy, their garden, taking a walk with their dog, ice cream, um, visiting a relative or whatever, but we can find joy in our work too. And that's where we spend such a majority of our time. So I think it's really worth the effort. One of the ideas Dr. Deagle and I came up with is shifting the mindset and we cannot own this. We, we have to give credit to Dr. Marshall's and my superintendent. He lives in a place of, I get to versus I have to. Hmm. And so, you know, I get to lead this district. I get to go and, and, um, have a conversation with teachers. I get to, I get to, and he'll, it, it, is almost tongue in cheek sometimes. Cause I will say to him, Oh my gosh, I'm dreading this parent meeting. I have to get through it. And he'll say, no, you get to. And just like the snap, snap of the fingers, it's, you start to think, you know, I do get to, and lucky me for having the skills and the team and the background to do some good work here. And so saying I get to really does help shift that mindset. The, the second time, second idea that Dr. Deagle and I came up with is is taking time to feel. We feel like spending too much time suffering through the difficult times really takes away from our ability to feel joy. And so slowing down, taking time to reinforce our ability to be happy and to understand that we're in control a lot of times with our emotions, even if, especially if we're overwhelmed by them, that pause and acknowledgement of feelings really does give an important mind shift. And you talk a little bit about this in your book, Pause, Breathe, Flourish, because Mm -hmm. 
that's, that's what this is about is, is fully experiencing what we're going through. And, you know, we likened it to sitting in sunshine. There's that moment where, you know, we're taking that still moment to rest in the pleasure of our work. I love that. And I'm just having this flashback memory. And I've told this story to listeners before of this, the spring I got to attend my daughter's um, prom. And I've always gone as the principal, but I decided at that moment, I just pulled up a chair to the dance floor and just uh-huh. sat there and watched those kids and watched the lighting and watched, listen to the music. And I just tried to sit there and like soak in the joy that, the, right. that because, because you're right, Jen, it's so easy to just, to, to, to not just take those moments and, um, and get on the dance floor and enjoy right. with my daughter. Cause I had that kind of relationship. So thank, thanks for that. memory. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, I like thinking about that. I like thinking about you mm-hmm. moving your chair and saying, I'm going to take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. And, and that leads to our third idea, which was thinking of joy as a place and not a transaction. Many times joy is an, if then equation in our minds, if I find joy in my work, I won't be as stressed. Or if I, um, find joy, I won't be so unhappy all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true, of course, but joy can be the end game in itself. So you'll never want to say, Oh, I'll be so joyful. I'll be so happy when my students all perform well in this test or for the coaches out there. Oh, I'll be, what a joy it will be if we win this game, mm-hmm. but that's a transaction. See, it's an, if then transaction parameter, and it usually counts on other people's choices or actions. <laughs> and that's, not a great investment in other people to find your own joy. So we have to find and relish it on our own. And, and to your point about the dance floor, you know, really pause and enjoy that positive interaction with a a child and relish that uh, effective workflow with a colleague, celebrate those moments that are dependent on our own choices and our own mindset. Oh my gosh, Jen. Yeah. And I'm thinking about your, your years in the elementary school. And I've heard so many elementary principals say, I'm just going to go visit my happy place. Yep. Yeah. Head down to that <laughs> kindergarten room and they're going to grab a book and they're going to read with the kid. And so you're right. It's a place, right? It is a place. I, mm-hmm. I was sitting at a volleyball game last night and a friend of mine said, my gosh, I could never teach seventh graders. We were watching seventh graders play volleyball. Well, I taught seventh graders for seven years. And to me, that's the most joyful place. I love seventh graders. So that's my happy place. It wouldn't have been hers. Her happy yeah. place might be second graders or juniors, but you can, you can find your happy place. Mm-hmm. So the fourth idea is celebrating the joy in others. Um, you know, there's a reason that um, charity work or philanthropy or service work gives joy to so many people. But the great thing about education is that's what we do. We give mm-hmm. back, right? So it's not like we need to go out and find a way to um, volunteer. We're giving back to our world every single day when we show up. And so, you know, we should really ask each other, what brings you joy in your work or, or how can you find it? Because the positive thinking can really help balance the difficulty of our work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that we could talk for days about the importance of gratitude and perspective, but joy is something that really can overcome those things that burn us out. Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, we ended our, our thinking about joy with finding a joy partner. Wow. And, and we regularly, Dr. Deagle and I regularly check in with each other and say, Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? And, and see if the other person needs to talk and work through something to get back to a positive, joyful mindset. We even joked at one point, you're my joy partner. Um, sort of making fun of ourselves because, you know, we are not 
um, delusional. There are many, many dark days in this work, but if you find someone who can check in with you and say, and how you doing, you finding joy in your work. And if not, where'd it go? Let's talk that through. Um, typically it helps if somebody's on a, on a parallel, but not exact path as you, someone who understands the difficulty of the work and can, can help you recalibrate yourself, but not necessarily the person you are working with every single day. I mean, it could be, but it doesn't have to be exact like that. So it's, it's really just the idea of checking in on one another and, and seeing, Hey, is, is anybody going to a dark place? Because if so, we need to dig out of that. Mm-hmm. Jen, thank you so much for that feedback. And I want to just add a few thoughts as we wrap up today. And I know for principal managers listeners, we may cut this a little bit shorter than normal because you and I both need to jump into a meeting here in just a few minutes. But I I just want to say a couple of things. First of all, if if anyone's listening to this and you're in a really dark place emotionally, um, sometimes it's hard to hear about joy. Um, And so we don't want to pretend for a second like this conversation discounts someone who may be struggling, suffering, grieving, et cetera. And because we're also adults who supervise and work with other people, you know, that those kinds of really difficult emotions um, are a really good time to reach out to somebody for help, you know, whether that's a therapist, a professional, a pastor, whoever that is. Um, So if you're listening to us and and that's a place where you are, please have the courage to let someone know um, so that they can respond to that situation. Well, and and I'm sorry, Will, I hate interrupting you. I'm really glad you said that because you know, joy for some reason is a controversial topic sometimes. And I think that's because this life we're leading is incredibly hard. Mm -hmm. And there are times that things happen to us. You know, we, we experience loss. That's so devastating that we feel cut into pieces. And we think Mm -hmm. I can, I can't do that. I can't, who's this lady yapping about joy. I can't even get up in the morning. And I think it's, remember when I said, it's okay to feel, we can feel Mm -hmm. through the horrific parts too, that life serves to us. And I think it, it, that does go back to hope, which involves waiting. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to say, you know, I've, I, I feel horrible, but I have some, some faith here and I have some hope maybe someday. And, and to those listeners, I would say, you know, save this podcast episode for six months from now or a year from now and see how you're feeling. There's neither you nor I will are, are Pollyannas all the time. We know that things are really hard and, and you got to dig out of it sometimes. So thank, thank you for pausing to add that. To yeah. Well, and I'll add another thought just to that same idea, which is that, um, especially in that concept, that area number two, you talked about taking time to feel, I think one of the other dynamics, Jen, that, that has, contributed to so how much anxiety so many of our friends and colleagues and ourselves have are have experienced and are experiencing is our access to so much trauma not right. just what we see within our own school communities or in our own lives but because frankly um, our digital environment opens us up constantly I was just listening right before you and I got on the show I was listening to the news about the death of a 16 year old in another country. And I was grieving it. And I, and I thought, Oh my gosh, I don't know if my heart can handle this before I'm jumping on this talk, but you know right. what, because I have access to news and stuff on my phone, I, I see so much more than I would have 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Absolutely. And so, 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 so I'll say this, my wife in particular has told me there's times that she just has to take a digital break right. stuff so that she can be in the moment that she really lives in 
in our community and with our family or in her work. And so, and I'm, so I'm not saying this to principal managed listeners to tell you that, um, you know, that I've got it all figured out either, but I just want to, in the context of this conversation, I think it's important for us to recognize that sometimes our joys are also being, there's competition for our joy. And we have to be really protective of ourselves too, in making sure that we, um, that we give ourselves permission to take a break from all those other things that are happening and look in the moment that we're at for something that, um, that is worth celebrating. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we're only in charge of ourselves. We can Mm -hmm. only hitch our wagon to our own responses and experiences. And, and sometimes the global perspective is just too much. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm the same as your wife. There's times I, well, not too long ago, my mom said, have you watched the news? I said, no, (laughs) no, I, I haven't. And I won't until I'm ready because it was, it, there are times that you think I just can't, I can't function carrying these heavy weights and, and those are not the times to find joy, but it is okay to feel and hope for the time that you can live in, in a moment of sunshine. Like I said, well, Jen, can I wrap up with a quick story? Oh, um, I love your story. Well, <laughs> this isn't my story, but if I don't, I, I, I think I've told this story before to listeners, but I wanted to bring it back because you're, your descriptions of the joy we find in the work that we do and getting in that zone. It reminds me of a great book by Daniel James Brown called the boys in the boat. And it's the story of a 1936 Olympic team from, uh, from Washington state that competed. And so it's a, it's an old story, but when I read this book, it was following the life of one of the rowers who had just grown up in really rural Washington state. And this was the only way he could go to school was by being on this boating team. And as he began to learn how to row, he was really strong and athletic, but he recognized it is impossible to race competitively unless you learn how to find yourself leaning on all the other guys in the boat and becoming one. And so there's something magical that happens when you start rowing with other people. And I, and so I actually pulled this quote up as you were, as you were um, sharing about joy, because I want to just read this quote as we end. And it's a little bit long. So principal manager says, I know the rule is you should not read long quotes, but I'm going to try to see if you can listen closely. So here he goes, quote, the sport of boating offers so many opportunities for suffering and so few opportunities for glory that only the most tenaciously self-reliant and self-motivated are likely to succeed at it. That reminds me so much of school. And yet at the same time, I'm still reading the quote, and this is the key. No other sport demands and rewards the complete abandonment of the self the way the rowing does. Great crews may have men or women of exceptional talent or strength. They may have outstanding coxswains or stroke oars or bowmen, but they have no stars. The team effort, the perfectly synchronized flow of muscle and oar and boat and water, the single whole unified and beautiful symphony that a crew in motion becomes is all that matters, not the individual and not the self. I wanted to finish there because when I read that book, I wrote that quote down because I could just sense the joy that these guys had in competition. And you know what? I don't know about you, Jen, but sometimes in the craziest times of school, I feel that. Like right. I can just, I can just sense like we're, in, this is, this is a moment that I'm not probably going to experience anywhere else. How about I just pause for a second and take it in and celebrate it or recognize the others around me that are doing the same thing. So principal matters listeners, uh, we, I just want to encourage you to think about the fact that, it, yeah, this is uh, it's hard and, and it's, this is not for the weak, 
Um, but it also it's important that we recognize that we we deserve time to celebrate it too. We do, we do, and I'm glad you you ended with that quote. Um, I have to give credit too to Alex Liu, who who wrote an article in Harvard Business Review, and he talks about making joy a priority at work. You can Google the article and find it, and and he talks a lot about team, and that's that brings us back to your quote to to the is it boys in the boat you said mm-hmm. that that book the the feeling of accomplishment there and harmony and impact that um alex lou talks about that too so i i hope we've done some good work here today i think it's important to talk about joy acknowledge that it's not always easy to find it's not but jen schwanke thank you so much and say please because i don't know tracy but i want to know her now so yes. tell tracy thank you also for this great content this week and principal matters listeners if you want to look up that article returning the joy to teaching learning and leading ascd has that available online and jen schwanke thank you again for just the time that you give to share and to learn with principal matters listeners and listeners thank you for all that you do and until next time thanks for doing what matters and we'll see you next week You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.